All right, man. I'm ready. Ready. Let's get it. Salud. Salud. ¿Qué onda? ¿Qué pasó, man? ¿Cómo andamos? Bien, bien. ¿Por qué vienes tan feo, güey? Ah. No, es like something. I don't know. Vengo ahora. ¿Te peinaste mal? No, me peiné bien, me alisté bien, me puse la camisa. Oh, es lo que es, güey. No, que, thing, no. que hay en todo el mundo. Y estoy listo para el pod. ¿Mejor que la del Real Madrid? Sí, doble. Casi doble. triple. Let's go. Uh, look at that viral video, folks. There's some dude that's completely out of his mind saying that America is doble lo grande que Real Madrid. At least he said. At least he said, por lo menos, dice. Con unos huevitos lo dice. <laughs> I, I respect that. Um, no, yeah. But, yeah, this is going to be a good one, you guys, because this weekend we got El Clásico Nacional. We'll go over it a little bit later. But, yeah, welcome back, folks. Episode 68. Jeez. You know what the next one is. We'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, my name is Omar. I'm here with Cesar. Uh, we got an action-packed agenda for you folks. Big shout-out that I want to give at first is to my co-ed team, Balls Deep FC. You already know. We got the championship. We Jeez, won congrats. against all odds. I mean, Everyone was... doubted us, but that's what happens when you doubt us, dog. They don't want to see us win. They don't, man. Yeah, so we yeah we were losing 1-0 against a very talented team, a very good team. But we were holding our own. We had possession for a good while. It looked like we got it. And then towards the end of the game, when they scored the 1-0, it got a little bit. Uh, it opened up the game, which I didn't love because they're fast. Yeah. We chilled it out a little bit, but we just couldn't score. And then the last play of the game, long throw in, full from our team, chests it and just throws a Hail Mary without even looking at the goal, shoots it at the goal, and the keeper muffs it, bounces at the keeper. He slaps it in. Goal. Jeez. Penalties. And it was Carlos time. It was uh, El Dibu Martinez El Dibu. It was like in baseball when Mariano Rivera for the Yankees, the closer would come out and they play Enter Sandman by uh, Metallica. Game over. Jeez. Stopped two of the penalties. Two of them hit the post. De puro miedo. Dang. De que él los iba a tapar. And then, uh, yeah, uh, game over. We, we won in penalties and we got to bask in the glory of drinking Trulies. In the parking lot. In the no, 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 because oh, yeah, they give yeah. you a hundred dollar, a hundred fifty dollar gift card. Uh huh. So we got like a round of truly dominoes, dominoes, unos pacificos, IPA. Hey, disfrutar. Yeah, congrats, and you know the last minute of the game still got sixty seconds, and you have to have a badass goalie. That's to true. Come up big. It was one of those. Do you believe in miracles? Type of <laughs> fucking plays. It was awesome. I love it. Shout out to the squad. And I want to hear some good news from your team. You guys are coming into playoffs. Yeah, so we've been doing 6v6, a little indoor place in the hometown. And we're in second place right now. I did hear that you uh, you blocked Ruli's penalty, uh, a consistent listener to the pod. So yeah, man, took I took him to town. Came in big. I mean, it was a PK kind of off of uh, either mine and my defender's mistake, but just stood and waited and waited and then he faked me and that's when i knew i had him you got him yeah i'm in your pocket i hope you're listening it out <laughs> <laughs> all right folks let's get going uh like i said action-packed agenda we finally got some justice in spain 
Uh, we got some drama out of Manchester United with some of their players. We got an ex-Manchester United player having some drama. Uh, in Chivas, we'll go over a little bit more of an ethical question. And we'll take it around the leagues. We got every every federation uh, has it in their games. We got Euro qualifiers. We got Comebol. We got CONCACAF. We got friendlies. We got MLS still playing for some reason. Jeez. And yeah, we'll bring it home with what, what we recommend you guys watch over the weekend. Let's get it, Cesar. Let's do it. All right. In top news, as it should be, Luis Rubiales resigned and will now be appearing in court for his unacceptable behavior with Jenny Ferrermoso from the Spanish national team. As he should, let the courts figure out what exactly happened. I can't be kissing fools on the job get some people on the job and still want my job so yeah we'll see it uh at a court of his peers yeah i think these are great news coming out of uh, spain he's facing sexual assault charges and uh and also coercion charges so he was trying to buy off the family of hermoso trying to pay him off to to keep quiet on this i mean if that doesn't tell you something yeah i mean he's guilty by the looks of it but they're still going to be you know the courts involved and hopefully there's some justice for this family yeah there needs to be something in lighter news we got Jaden sancho at manchester united calling himself a scapegoat at manchester united for the issues that the team has been having some of the difficulties that this team has been having i don't even see him play much so i don't know what the hell he's talking about but he removed his post this was on instagram to my understanding uh, and he's been now apparently having special training, special talk with uh, Eric Ten Hag. That whole team right now, man, is just having so many problems left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just, just Jaden Sancho has had a tumultuous time ever since he got to Manchester United. We haven't seen him shine. He was supposed to be this newcomer, this young English uh, player that was going to save Manchester United. But it's just nothing has happened. And... I don't know if he's necessarily being the scapegoat. I think the fans are just fed up with him not being able to p- perform. But you also have things like what's going on with Harry Maguire, how he's getting torn up at social media and stuff. So for him to just come out almost kind of like out of the left field, like I get what, what he's coming out, what he's saying, but it's not necessarily him getting the most hate right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that United team has so much going on. Yeah. Maguire is coming out, and more of the pundits saying that he Southgate also came Southgate. Out. The, yeah, yeah, it was it was the coach. It was Southgate. Yeah, Southgate came out and said that uh, that Maguire gets way too much hate compared to anybody else, right? Which is true. He gets a lot of fucking hate, um, especially since he's been doing. It's like the running meme that he does very well for this national team, but does terrible for United, right? But then you got Jaden Sancho now. You got. Um, Mason Greenwood, that whole drama. Yep. You got Anthony now. Yep. It's the whole damn squad. And then you have a whole bunch of players injured, so it just adds salt on all these different things that are going on. It's like the the team is not performing, and the fans, like, understandably, in a way, are looking for somebody to blame. It's like they tried blaming the Glazers. The Glazers brought in people to – or Ten Hog, and then Ten Hog brought players – now these players aren't performing, and it's just a big mumbo-jumbo of just shit going on. Yeah, I, I would have thought that Ten Hag would have been able to get this uh, locker room a, like under control a little bit better, but he has some he's had some crazy personalities in there, starting from Cristiano Ronaldo last year, 
Yeah. Like it's crazy how much he, I would think he has to deal with these players. Um, and at the end of the day, you need pl- players with big ticket prices to perform. Jaden Sancho was a 73 million euro signing from Borussia Dortmund. If you want to do these antics additional to your performances, I think that's where you can kind of let it slip. Yeah. But you're performing badly. And at the same time, you're doing all these things. I don't know. I think it's it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. More, more disaster. More disaster than is already <laughs> happening. They're not even doing that bad, like, overall. like, But, like, you're just shooting yourself in the foot with all these things. Like, everything that the players are doing. They're, they're still, in, I mean, 11. Two wins, two losses. Yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. Not terrible. You're not in relegation. No. You're not Everton. And, and then during those games, you didn't look so bad either. It's like, mm-hmm. just... I mean, not to be disrespectful or anything, but just play the game, man, and let that talk. Like, yep. you don't have to come out here. And then did you see Rashford like his post? On oh, Twitter? really? Yeah. Interesting. I want Rashford's getting involved, too. Yeah. He's the nice. nicest guy in the world, right? Like, he, so many donations and yeah, cares I mean, about sustainability the, and the earth and stuff. But he's, I feel like he's been through it. Like, man, just tell your boy, hey, man, just, like, take it down. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll figure something out. It's like, got to be the leader. Yeah. They're losing so many players. Somebody's got to try to keep the squad together. Yeah. Not not break it apart. All right. Uh, our next news is an ex-Manchester United drama queen as well. Paul Bogba. He uh, test positive for testosterone. He should have just said it was in the meat like Ochoa did. For real, huh? <laughs> just blame it on something. Like, and yeah. la carne asada and the, I don't know. He, he likes Mexico. Just say you visited Mexico and they, he had a couple tacos asada and i don't know what (laughs) happened the next morning (laughs) yeah it's kind of wild uh he's on a provisional suspension but it could lead to a ban of up to four years yeah that's it never does but i mean it's kind of scary to think about it yeah i mean uh just reports are saying that he kind of wants to give up on soccer that he's all this fame has caused so many problems for him and all the money coming involved with the fame is like he just rather become a normal person and forget about all the money and fame and everything and just live a normal life. Like That's what he wants to do. Yeah, I mean sometimes I don't blame the players. I like it yeah. can be fucking exhausting. And he's been. I feel like he's been in the spotlight for so long. Even when Manchester United, he was a teenager like, in yeah, the academy, was, and they were like, I remember him going viral with his like amazing goals that he would score. And then he went on loan to Juventus, Juventus. killed it, came back. This kid was one of the most famous footballers in the world as a teenager. That's got to be a lot. Um, But yeah, he admitted to Juventus that he took nutritional supplements not knowing they contained testosterone. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I mean, I wonder, like, what's going on? If he's already having, like, a lack of motivation and lack of, like, I don't know, like, like you said, if he's already thinking of giving up the game and stuff like that, I wonder if that's what led him to be like, okay, I need to boost my performance and maybe led to him taking some stuff that he maybe he shouldn't have. Some news out of the Messi camp, outside of Inter Miami, finally, back with Argentina now. But he was making some headlines because he said, El Cuti Romero, Sergio Romero from Tottenham, is the best defender in the world. Jeez, those are some bold claims, Messi. That's kind of wild, but El Cuti has been pretty solid at Tottenham for the squad that they have. And he's been scoring. He has. It's kind of wild. But I don't to, have him in fantasy. But to, pisses me off. You have him? <laughs> no, I don't. And it pisses me off. I don't know if I have Two him. goals in the season already in the four matches. 
to go as far to say that you know he's the best one in the world like if he is the best one in the world why is he a Tottenham? I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if he is the best one in the world, why isn't his name Virgil van Dijk? <laughs> right. Why isn't he at, why isn't Rudiger at Real Madrid? Or why isn't, like, you know, someone Militao else? Militao is solid, Militao too. Like, uh, Ronald Araujo in that back line is fucking monster. Jules Conde, like. Stones. Yeah, City's defender Ruben Diaz but. is a fucking monster. Like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he's jumping a couple of uh, fences here too, like que se calme el cabrón un poco. But I he is—he's having an amazing season. He is, yes. I'll Maybe he that. knows something we don't so far. But what that he's taking Clembutero también? <laughs> no, that like he's—he's he's about to ball out the whole season. Well, if he's on pace that he is right now, and Tottenham makes top four, I, I, may, I mean, maybe yeah, like top five defenders in the in the world, but. A little rough yeah to say he's the best i don't know about that one that's like that's when you're when uh you're sunday league and you know your homies over there warming up and they're like hey is he good no way it's a way it's cabron for real he used to play first division that's exactly what Messi's doing here all right, more on the ethical side of things, like I had mentioned to you. Not a headline, but it was kind of going viral on Twitter. Yal Padilla is being criticized because he showed up to practice. The Las Chivas, this is the 17-year-old Chivas Wonder Kid, showed up after purchasing a brand new car. And he was stunting, pulled up in an A-class Mercedes-Benz worth 800K pesos. Which is about fifty k, fifty thousand dollars, and he pulled up to the practice in that, and people lost their shit. Well, it's a little hatchback. Yeah, it's a hatchback. It's a nice A class, classy Mercedes. Nothing, I think, crazy. It's not a Lamborghini. It's not nothing else, but it's pretty expensive, especially in Mexico, right? Yeah. I think that's pretty similar lineup of cars that maybe a. Alexis Vega might drive. I think nah. Alexis Vega, I think he actually drives a G-Wagon. He does. Fuck, never mind. Fuck, <laughs> that fool's balling. That fool is balling. Why would you leave Mexico if you're driving a G-Wagon already? Why? Fuck, no. That's another thing, a discussion for a different day. That's why he's a fraud. <laughs> but yeah, so they were saying that ya el padilla ya no anda descalzo el muchacho. Because there were jokes that at first that he was a little broke kid. That he was hungry. That people were just saying that, like, now he's he's got money, right? So he made the headlines that this dude pulled up in a Mercedes Benz, and that now the money's getting to his head. So now my question for you, Cesar, it comes down to it: Are the kids to to be blamed when they spend their money on flashy things like this? And does it directly lead to them? Like becoming sobrevalorados. Like, uh, do they become overrated at this point? Do they kind of take a step back in their career because they're not, they don't have that hunger? What do you think? I think the question is, are the kids? I think that's the key part. They're still kids, right? So now my question is, do the kids have a good support system that helps them keep their feet on the ground and measured and say, yes, you're 17 and go buy yourself you deserve it go buy yourself a nice car but on monday when you get to practice you need to work keep working your ass off 
do they have somebody like that? Do they have a mentor, a parent who's going to help them through that process of, you know, developing mentally so they can still be hungry and keep going and trying their best every day at practice? Like, that's what they need. I don't don't care if Alexis Vega drives a a G-Wagon. What I care is that, is he trying to better his health? Is he trying to go to Europe? Is he showing it on the field? Like... But that's what I think a lot of people are afraid of, right? Is because they see, I think the two biggest people, uh, players in Mexico, Alexis Vega and Antuna, that they stunt. Yeah. Alexis Vega has a G-Wagon and went viral for picking up like some dude at a Starbucks and taking him to practice. Antuna, there's that viral image with him and his girlfriend, Gucci, top fucking feet to fucking head, right? And not even like the subtle Gucci stuff with just the fucking stripes but like the fucking gold everything yeah right so the i think a lot of people get scared because they see those dudes why would you ever leave that lifestyle right and then you see a 17 year old kid who you think is like oh dude this kid's next up he can be they were comparing him to chicharito right chicharito didn't get big money he left before he got big money yeah in chivas but then you see him pull up in in carro del año and the first thing that you think of is like, oh, shit, this kid got big money. He got his signing bonus. He got his the next contract or whatever. Is it going to stunt his growth? Because now he's like, all right, I'm I'm getting paid. I can t- take a little step back, right? When people are like, no, this kid needs to take one to two to three steps now to stay on in the starting squad over some other stars on the team. And make it to the national team or go to Europe or do something, right? That's the big fear that people have. Yeah, and I mean, I get the fear, but I, I still feel like just because you got a, like a contract, it comes down to your mentality. Like whether you want to take that next step, whether you want to keep on working, and whether you have the right support system to help you realize that in case you're kind of falling off and, yeah. and buying these fancy and forgetting about what the real goal is. But imagine some of these kids, like you mentioned Chaco Jimenez. Yeah. Because he's a really good support system for Santi. A lot of these kids, their parents did not make it professional. They they don't have the same, um, they don't even have any idea of what they're experiencing themselves. A lot of them are poor. A lot of them are middle class in Mexico, right? And, uh, I mean, to see your kid be able to afford Mercedes-Benz is huge. But, like, to be able to then counsel them on how to take care of their funds is a completely different story. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I get that. And a good example to that would be Edson Alvarez. Yeah, he, yeah. He seems because to be good. Because he would get to practices in a taxi, right? He wouldn't have, when he started, I think he was, like, 16 or 17 when he started, like, in the first team. He would go to practice in those, in a, in a taxi. Yeah. Right? And then I think he left uh, when he was like around 20 or 21. So he still had a couple of years. I'm pretty sure he got a better contract, but he had like maybe his, his parents didn't become professional players, but his mentality was never, oh, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. So just, it, there's a lot of factors. Yes. Getting a big paycheck is maybe a downside or it can be a really good thing for your family, but it's managing that money and knowing your objectives long-term. I don't think it could ever be seen as a bad thing because these kids need that money, right? Right. Their families need that money. A lot of them use it to put their families on, right? You know, the 
to buy your mom of the house they wanted, right? To pay off their bills, do whatever you can. That's always huge, right? Um, I think the biggest thing now that time will tell is like, what does he do with this new environment that he's in? He's no longer fighting for that contract. You might already have that contract now if he's getting this new car. What do you do at that next level? Um, you have money. You can continue to make this consistent money or are you going to try to break through to the next level? Either make bigger money at Chivas or um, the next level, which would be get a European contract, right? You got to mentor these kids. Hopefully, uh, Fernando Hierro provides good 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 mentorship for these kids all right so let's take it around the leagues i don't have this in the show notes but let's start off with this sidemen versus youtube all-stars was this weekend yo i was watching that and i already know you're a huge sidemen fan yeah the side i've been watching the sidemen fans bro since i was like i was probably a sophomore in high school i was like around 10 12 years ago was it the same dudes like ksi and them yeah it was the same dudes i wasn't that big into them but I mean, it's fun to see them now. Now they're all just like ultra billionaires or they're unhinged or they're, I don't know, on a different platform. Yeah. I mean, in England, they're YouTube themselves. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It was just cool to watch, man. Like, it was fun to watch. Ethan, uh, Ethan Payne, Bazinga scored the goal in the West Ham field as a West Ham uh, supporter. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was balling. there were a couple of pretty good dudes. Uh, he was pretty good. And then that dude, Manny, scored a hat trick. Chris MD from the YouTube All-Stars was a pretty solid midfielder. I saw him. Um, Chunks. But Chunks was okay until he got tired. Yeah, that's it. He has good techs, but he's... He completely lost yeah. all form and ability the moment they got tired but i mean it was a fun game we could keep it pretty short uh just because there's not much tactically to talk about or anything <laughs> but just some funny shit mainly from the keepers yeah ksi got a shot on goal blocks it turns into his own goal yeah and scores an own goal by rolling into his goal that was jokes that was pretty funny and then xqc on the other side got the second to lowest rating ever i don't know how you could get any lower than him, but apparently someone got a point one once in an f- official game. Yeah. But he got a point three. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> That's wild. And then Footmob on Twitter was like, we did some digging, and actually you're not the lowest <laughs> scored. He's probably like, damn it. <laughs> no, but I mean, brother, he played horrible. Yeah, I don't I know mean, why they don't have like like a little bit better keepers to keep it. Well, like, one tight and some, I bet you Chris MD can do okay in goal. And that would have yeah. stopped at least, like, five of the goals. Yeah, and then Theo Baker got injured, yeah. and he was another, like, really strong player. Um, and then Speed missed a PK. Yeah, and Speed got an assist, but he missed a PK. And he kept trying to do his typical grab it and then run down the line and outrun everybody. He's fast. Yeah. And uh, he's getting better. I think he's overall getting better because he is training. And he's all about soccer now, apparently, on yeah. Ronaldo. And then he interviewed uh, Rio Fernandez. Oh, I saw that. And then they were both barking. <laughs> I think Rio Fernandez is trying to jump on the hype a little bit yeah. because he's doing like kid trainings, like a oh, like shit. youth academy training in the UK. So I think he's trying to 
like, beef it up a little bit. Yeah, rejuvenate his image. Yeah, but it was a good game. It was entertaining. I wish it was closer. It almost was. It was like 7-5, and YouTube All-Stars almost scored one to get it close. But I don't know. Maybe they need to train up a little more. Yeah, hopefully they do it again next year and we see some, some better competition. True. All right, let's get it going. We got the Euro qualifiers. Damn, we talked about that before. Euro qualifiers were fucked. We got France, Scotland, and Portugal are the only teams that are perfect so far. Who would have thought Scotland would have been perfect? Yeah, what's Scotland doing in there? I don't know, but... I'm surprised England wasn't, but they got a draw against Ukraine. That kind of did them dirty. Um, But yeah, Scotland's the big surprise. And then they ended up losing to England pretty bad, 3-1 in... uh, in a friendly just yesterday yeah i think it was like the 130th time they face each other that's the first ever official football match between two countries Damn. england against scotland back in like the 18 late 1800s four scores yeah man and seven years get it scores goalless. no norway is struggling a bit honestly that squad needs to be doing better than they are doing i think we've called it out before on the pod they like, need to break out in a tournament you have good players. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, they're right outside of uh, the last spot for qualification. But who are you going to eliminate? Scotland with 15 points, double your points? Or sp- just overall Spain? You're not going to eliminate Spain. Have you seen Spain? Yeah, you're not going to eliminate Spain. But Scotland is already too far, <laughs> honestly. Um, but, yeah, this Norway team needs to break out. Obviously, they're probably going to make this World Cup that's coming up because literally everyone's making this World Cup. Yeah. But I would think they need to get into a major tournament. And I thought that they were going to do something this Euros. I thought they were going to fight versus Scotland to get in there. But Scotland, Scotland's just breaking out. McTominay's breaking out the CR7 moves or something. He's killing it. He may not be killing it too much in Manchester United, but for Scotland, he's like one of their top scorers. Yeah, he puts the team on his back. Yeah. He's like, this is my squad. These are my boys. <laughs> yeah, England tied versus Ukraine, like I mentioned. That was a pretty tight game. But then Ukraine lost to Italy. We th- I thought I'm I thought Ukraine was gonna be Italy. That was same. It was it was tight, but Ukraine couldn't get back into it. Uh yeah, off, that first goal was off of a mistake, too. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we had called out to watch the North Macedonia versus Italy game, and they drew, and they got a draw. They was, still can't with North Macedonia. North Macedonia's got their number, dog. But, I mean, Italy's doing fine. They're in second place now after beating Ukraine. So they're in control of their own destiny at this point. For sure, for sure. You a note here, Albania, top of their group. They're ranked 65th. Yeah, man. They're putting in work. Uh, Albania is beating Poland, who just got out of the round of 16 at the World Cup. And Poland sits fourth. But tell me that, that group's group. not the easiest. I mean, it is. It should be for Poland and either Albania or Czechia. Yeah. Um, but Moldova got a win over Poland um, in the previous Euro uh, window. So Poland just fired their coach. Um, so hopefully they pick it back up. And they, they got four games left. Yeah, they got to pull something together because right now they are, have six points. Or three games left. Uh, they got six points right now. Czechia 
in second with eight points, so it's still reachable. And they play Faroe Islands next, who's completely dead in the water. So yeah, poor Faroe Islands. They'll get something. It's going to get tight, and uh, I would not think Poland would be down there. All right, let's move on to La Conmebol, Cesar. Argentina, they beat Ecuador 1-0, which I thought was saying more like better things about Ecuador than it did about Argentina until that Messi uh, free kick. Don't foul anybody with Messi on their team outside of the box. For real. I think Ecuador, I don't know if a lot of people are not paying attention to Ecuador, but they're gearing up to be a really strong team for 2026. And they look really good right now, but I can't wait to see them next summer at the Copa America. They're very good. And they're always known as these like physical, fast, counterattacking teams. I remember one of their old coaches used to be like, I don't want Tiki Taka. I want one, two, three touches. Y a ver si me alcanzas, he would say. Yeah. And they, they were like that, right? With um, Valen- Antonio Valencia and all these freaking high flyer players, right? And they still have amazing players, but they're very tactical as well. They're good at attacking. They have good strikers. I don't know. This is definitely a team to watch. It just sucks that Argentina got that one goal on them or else they could have had a, a maybe a good upset or a good draw. But then Argentina went and they smacked Bolivia 3-0 in La Paz. Yeah, man. Argentina just... I mean, Bolivia is probably one of the weaker teams in South America, but to go do it at such a high altitude, I saw fans were outside their hotels throwing up fireworks, just hitting the drums, oh, for real. trying to get them to not get much sleep. But they still went out there and killed it. Yeah, 11,000 feet of elevation in La Paz. Yeah, man. Players were being given uh, oxygen pumpers to get um, more oxygen in their lungs. And they were being recommended Viagra oh, to, to help with their blood, blood flow. flow. Sheesh. That's crazy. I think La Paz is the highest altitude capital in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's insane that they play in such a high altitude. The Bolivian team is so used to it. Yeah. It's nothing to them. Even in, in uh, Libertadores, it's such a big uh, benefit for them, advantage for them to get to be playing at home. And I thought it was going to be a closer game than 3-0. Same, but dude. apparently the Argentina team was able to prepare correctly and to put up three on Bolivia's. I mean, that's no joke. Que mas? Um, we got Uruguay versus Chile. Uruguay won 3-1. to one. That was Marcelo Bielsa's first showing out in the competitive game. It looked good. And your boy, uh, Sebastián Cáceres, took out your other boy, Bruno Valdez. Bro, they're injuring themselves when we got the Clásico Nacional this weekend. Bro, it looked personal. It did look personal. He's like, away, you did that shit to me in training. I'm going to stomach like cabron. Yeah, it looked like he was going to take out his ankle, his knee. Like He went in hard and uh Cáceres got that face mask right now huh yeah he's got that Batman he's look. like I got <laughs> he's like I got fucking shit to help me out I'm gonna look out around you fuck Marcelo Bielsa's team looked really well they look younger better faster uh with more like combinations and they went to Ecuador ended up losing two to one because Ecuador's strong man I'm telling you that I think a lot of people are sleeping on them because they lost 1-0 versus Argentina, which is not that bad. To be Uruguay is a, is a big deal, and I think it's uh, it's pretty big on Ecuador. I think they're the ones to look out for this uh, Conmebol qualifiers. And they got that Kendry Baez? Yeah, the 16-year-old. 16 16-year-old. 
Like they're bringing in young players, getting I, them ready. This is the kid that got signed to Chelsea, no? Yeah. No, yeah, but going back to Ecuador, I think they're looking really good. Uh, but unfortunately, they get the their three points deducted from this match against Uruguay because they incorrectly fielded Byron Castillo last qualifiers. They uh, did not get the proper documentation to get him on the field. They put him out there. And now, even though they <laughs> they had a one in their win column, they got zero points. <laughs> That's um, rough. But at least now, that, yeah, they, they already took a bite out of that bullet. So now they can rack up as many points as they can. Um, Brazil, looking like Brazil. Yeah, they're looking like old Brazil, the Brazilian flair, the Rio de Janeiro. They're looking fun. They beat Bolivia 5-1. to one. Everyone in the Mamas was scoring in that. Neymar got a goal, and he looked like he was going to cry. Is one of his first goals with Brazil and who knows how long. Because he also missed the PK. He missed the PK. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Yeah, so then he once he scored that, he was like, oh, like I'm relieved. Like, I'm super happy. Um, and good for him, you know. Sucks shitty, you know, missing a PK hall roll. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm dead. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> I wouldn't know about saving them. And then, yeah, uh, they came back and they beat Peru 1-0 in Lima, which is a pretty hostile environment to go into. So, they, uh, yeah, they Brazil's looking good. Uh, Brazil's looking all right. I don't think they're looking like undisputed contenders or anything just yet because Argentina's still looking strong. Watch out for my Ecuador. Yep. But it's going to get good. Yeah, it's going to get good. And Venezuela, shout out Aquiles, also got a dub over this uh, window. Yeah, to see Venezuela get an early win like this and to be in the World Cup ones that are qualifying for the World Cup is, gr- is great. But they are also getting more wo- World Cup qualifying s- spots in Conmebol. Six out of the ten Jeez. go directly to the World Cup. And then a seven spot is what goes to play um, the qualifiers in uh, Repechaje. For only three teams to have zero chance of making the World Cup in Comebol is wild. Yeah, and Comebol has some crazy teams. In CONCACAF, we got the early stages of Nations League going on. Nobody really is paying attention to that. The one thing that we did want to call out, El Salvador struggling. Yeah, El Salvador. Our Salvi homies. I mean, they've been struggling for a while. I yeah, think it's been, it's been like 30 years since they, they've qualified. <laughs> but like when Hugo Perez came in, we thought everything was going to change. They brought scouting. They brought new players. They found players in like Scandinavia that were Salvadorian mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, so everybody got really excited. And um, just this weekend, he got sacked. Yep. After two pretty gnarly losses in Nations League, you would think they would be working their way in pretty easily out of Nations League, but they lost... 2-0 versus Guatemala, which is huge how much Guatemala is progressing. Yeah. Uh, under Luis Fernando Tena. That's that's big. And speaking of finding players out of nowhere, Luis Fernando Tena is doing that. Um, they got a player out of Derby County. Nathaniel oh, wow. Mendez Lang, 31-year-old right winger from Derby County. But then El Salvador lost 3-2 to two to Trinidad and Tobago, who hasn't been good in a decade. Yeah, they haven't been good for a while either, so it's really surprising watching them lose, like El Salvador lose. Yep, and now uh, they sacked him 
And uh, you had to know here he went on a rant, right? Yeah, he actually went, went viral by saying, yo, like, you guys expect me to turn around this federation, this team, in a snap of a finger when we've had problems for a while since the last time we qualified. It's like players weren't even, weren't given, like, quality food, weren't given quality treatment, supplies, uh, recovery uh, equipment, like, nothing yeah. Like we came in and we demanded for those things. And just now we're getting them like we're working our way up. It's like you guys are, he was talking to the most periodistas to the, to the people interviewing him is like, you guys know more than anything. Like we are nothing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to build something out of nothing here. Yeah. And it's crazy because he is dual national, right? Yeah. He's American. Salvadorian born. Yeah. So like you would have, th- you would have thought if somebody were to make a change, especially in the logistical side, maybe bring up the quality of certain things that are outside of the, kind of the intangibles from the soccer world. It would maybe be somebody like him who's experienced it at the U.S. men's national team level. But if he couldn't even get that done, that's a little bit crazy. And now he's out of the job, right? Yeah. I don't know if he could have worked more with the government to get more funding or something. And I saw some Twitter folks being like, if we get a different coach, they're not going to want outside players to play they're going to want players from the league in el salvador which they see as like a big risk right so it's going to get interesting to see who they who they get once the future of that el salvador team because they have a bunch of ballers yeah they do um one of them being roldan one of the roldan brothers mm-hmm. plays for them um and it's just like a lot of people on twitter were like yo it's like the same thing over and over like we get a coach they don't do good then we get another coach they don't do good but the coach is not the problem. The mm-hmm. problem is we don't have a good league. We don't equip our players to do well. Like, when are we going to learn? Yeah. Kind of reminds me of La Federación Mexicana. Yeah, except La Federación Mexicana has a endless pot of money to dip into here in the U.S. whenever they come and play. Speaking of them, let's go right into them. We got some friendlies going on. Uh, the uh, Mexico had two. The U.S. had two that we'll go into Mexico tied Australia 2-2 after being down 2-0. I mean, it was 1-0 for a bit. Santi missed a penalty kick. And then they go down 2-0. And then they were able to come back uh, with two unanswered to tie the game. We got a lot of newcomers in this game, which set them up for the second game. We got uh, Cesar Huerta. We got Jordi Cortizo. Got his debut in this game at 27 years old. God damn. Speaking of the dude from... Ecuador. Uh, Ecuador is 16. This is 27. What do you think of the game? What were your thoughts of this game? The Australia game, um, I thought El Penal de Romo was a dumb penalty, right? It's just why create something like that? Y luego, how was the other goal? I, I don't remember. The first one was a header by a super tall center back, no? From oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Que le ganó a, a Johan Vasquez. A Johan se le ganó. Which interesting thing is Johan's never been scored on when working with Cesar Montes as his other center back. That that game was with Edson with Alvarez. Edson Alvarez at the center back. So and that that fact still stays <laughs> true. But uh, he had to get the big ass motherfucker on the other team, almost two metros de altura, one ninety eight centimeters, which is like six foot six. Yeah, uh, Johan Vasquez is on like six one, six two. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, it's un cuento de nunca acabarse, de que a México le metan de tiro de esquina. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter. 
yeah, set pieces, corners. It doesn't matter who they play. Like, they're so vulnerable when coming from set pieces. It's the height thing. It's also like an ag- aggressiveness thing. It's the goalie thing. The, the goalie, goalie doesn't give you that out. confidence. Like, it's, yeah, it's kind of scary. And I was just noticing some players on set pieces, they would rather go away from the ball than attack the ball. And it's it's also because some of them are not the tallest, right? But even the tallest, like, they're not the most confident going up. And but Lisandro Martinez is not a tall center back. But he's just aggressive with it, he, is what exactly. we're saying. The Mexican players, what I've noticed, are, are not aggressive towards the ball, and they're also not at the right height. This Cesar, Cesar Montes has become, like, a specialist for Mexico in the air. I think out of necessity. Yeah, more than it's anything. just like, dog, you're above six foot one. You... At default, you're, <laughs> yeah. you got ahead of everything. It's like just by average, I feel like he just has to be the one there. Like Edson is sometimes good, but Edson also can't control like the whole space. And he's also not six foot six like this other. Right. Dude. So, I mean, yeah, you put it on your best center back, which is Johan Vasquez, and then he got beat. That's what it is. But, I mean, overall, the Australia team is a good, solid squad. They made it to octavos. Yeah, they had six of the 11, yeah. six or seven of the 11 starters. This is a good squad turning it around. They changed federations. They did, but they, they changed like six years ago. Yeah, so they're on the up and up. Yeah, so, definitely. So they're doing better. This is a good squad. They're getting players onto better into better teams in Europe. So, I mean, a 2-2 is not that bad for Mexico, yeah. in my opinion. You should be beating Australia overall. I think historically Mexico's beating australia fine it will i think they if you're looking at it from a silver lining standpoint mexico flexing the ability to come back from a 2-0 is a good skill it's a good thing yeah and more than that the people who scored right cesar huerta had a great debut scored a banger off a mistake yeah but you still have to score it Mm -hmm. and also raul jimenez like it was a pk but that's you need those as a forward to gain confidence to say all right i still can score and that's how you break the seal, right? And right. moving us right into the Uzbekistan game, um, Raul Jimenez scored a brace in that. Cesar Huerta, after scoring one goal in the last game, gets a chance to start, right, after showing your that you're able to ball out. And he did really good. Cesar Huerta looked aggressive. He looked like he always wanted to, to encarar the defender along his side, right, which is something that I feel like Mexico, other than um, Antuna... And Tecatito have been missing for a bit. Um, not getting it from Alexis anymore. Not getting it from, I don't know, Roberto Alvarado when he plays out wide 100%. Right? So it was good to see that that freshness. And I feel like Mexico fans fall in love with that. Because everyone's all about Cesar Huerta right now. Yeah, everybody. Because he goes down the line. He's aggressive. He's trying to get a shot on goal. He's hungry. He is hungry. And um, it's, it's so weird that at at such a high level that you play in, like La Selección Mexicana, you don't tell your wingers, hey, you're a winger, your job is to take on one-on-one, get to the end line, and give me a cross. It's so weird that we haven't seen that from the Mexico side. The only one that does it is Antuna. Right. And then he be- he gets a shitty-ass cross, but that's yeah. another story. <laughs> yeah, for But real. to see it from Cesar Huerta and be successful, it's like, damn, like it's a breath of fresh air seeing somebody do that again. Yeah, but this is what Mexico needs for domestic tournaments when they don't call the European guys, right? If you don't have the luxury of bringing Chucky, if you don't have the luxury of bringing Teca- well, Tecatitos in Mexico now, fuck. 
but <laughs> like you especially to have a sub player if if it's going to be Chucky on that side or Tecatito to have Huerta off the bench to refresh is great yeah somebody to take uh Antuna's spot fuck it yeah but I mean overall I feel like it's Uzbekistan like you should beat them all day easy the U.S. beat them 3-0 <laughs> yeah exactly um, and what happened again uh set pieces set pieces the three uh, two mexico is looking good two unanswered goals Raul Jimenez's second goal and then antuna's like honestly antuna has a heads-up play yeah he was just ready right and he got a deflection and it bounced in but then in the 92nd uh the captain from the uzbekistan team gets a free kick from a weird angle and puts it on frame and Ochoa doesn't reach it yeah it was so weird Yes, we should blame Ochoa for not. It was his mistake. Well, he needs to that. reach it, right? Like it's on, it's on frame. But the thing is, like he took a step to the left, and then went right, noticing it came over the wall. Mm-hmm. It's like it was just such at a weird angle, and I just, as a goalie, like that's just hard to judge where it's gonna go. Yeah, but so, it. I mean, it was a great shot. Uh, it was, uh, but at the end of the day, I think your keeper needs to reach it, right? It wasn't hella esquinado, and it was at a horrible angle. So, like, yeah. to sneak in, I think it was a... I, I'm not on the boat with a lot of people on social media that are like, get him out, right? Because no, no, six no. months, eight months ago in the World Cup, we were all yelling, like, this dude's going to be there at the next one, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think he needs to be there. He'll probably learn from it. And do better next time, but at what like thirty seven, learned from that. I mean, jeez. I mean, yeah, I guess it's rough, but I mean, the thing is, you put in the next guy, and then the next guy does not do any better in Mexico. Honestly, we've been talking about this on every podcast. No U twenty five keepers in the path line. No, the backup keeper. Uh, I, I mean, Malagón is right there, prime and ready. He's twenty six. That's great. Then after that, Tony Rodriguez over 30. Um, Cota over 35. Uh, Talavera over fucking 40. Start prepping these next kids, man. Letting y'all know. I'm fucking pissed about this. <laughs> like, I don't even know what else to say. I'm don't even know. Like, That's it, dog. It's just. Que mas yeah, give me a player that did good. Raul Outside of Raul, Raul Jimenez. Jimenez. He scored two fucking <laughs> goals, I know. Um, Jordi Cortizo. He came off the bench, yeah. He came off the it. bench, and he was different. He was a different player. Gave you a f- few good passes. Kind of reminds me of Cordova when he comes in. Yeah. It's, they have a different mindset. They're a bit more free. Yeah. I like it. And, yeah, free and creative and just finds has a higher IQ than most. Carlos... Rodriguez and Charlie can sometimes be that way, but then also have like really shitty passing or movement. But Jordi Cortizo is different. It sucks that, like you said, he's debuting at 26, 27. But I mean, he's a good player to have in your toolkit. Yeah. Charlie, I think, did good from what I remember in the game. But the thing is, he just is not your difference maker. Yeah. And you need to be at that position. You're almost in like a 10, yeah. you're at a very offensive eight. You need to be able to take the ball and do something different. And Jordi does when he goes in. Cordova does when he goes in. Charlie, not necessarily. I see him a little bit more, like, playing a little bit back compared to where they're expecting him to do all these creative things. And his passes are very safe. 
They're super like, safe. I don't yeah. I don't see him taking a chance on a, on a pass down through and making it happen. Like that's what Jordi does. If he was more defensive, more aggressive, I would say he'd be the perfect box to box six. Yeah. But he he's apparently presented as this offensive player, but it's just not efficient. It's not aggressive. Not for the Mexico playing style. Yeah. The players he has around. No, no yeah, I agree. I like Jordi. You said Raul Jimenez did good. Super, super uh, last-minute entry into the game, but I liked El Chiquito Sanchez, and yeah. mainly because he got that last-minute header oh, from outside of the box. He, like, freaking yeeted himself at the ball. I was like, is that Chiquito? What? That shit was going hard. It was I was a like, laser, man. I was like, let's go. Con esas ganas, like, that's what I want. Something, no porque sea americanista, but I do want to call out Kevin Alvarez. I liked him getting forward and saying, and he took two, three, four shots. Okay, yeah. If he keeps on doing that, he keeps on practicing, it's going to be a really good thing for he, to break, to do something different. He was one of the few very confident to shoot from outside the box. Yeah. And he had a good three, just kind of ball bounces out to him, set it up, boom, tomale way, right? Which is, I think, something that this team is missing, that confidence to do that. On the other side, El Stichangulo was not looking hot. No. He was struggling. I've always thought he's a little bit too slow for that position. He's I like him at center back. Center back. Like he was struggling. He couldn't get around his uh, attacking player. He had one of the players that scored that was balling out against him. And he was on that on his side, let the cross for the first goal. Yep. Um, and then man. not even to talk about Altiva. Oh, Altiva, man. Like he, he had a overall was pretty solid touch wise coming out the back. But he did not help on that goal. It was his mark yeah. between him and uh, Kevin. Johan and Kevin yeah, with, with the goal. And then he had that meme play where he tackled the player. <laughs> when he tackled like a linebacker, he, he literally threw himself. He literally looked like a fucking strong safety coming up. He's like, NFL tackle. just started to watch these moves. He's like, yo, my fantasy team didn't do it. Watch me do it right now. And uh, the funniest tweet that you sent over where he said, Ahí viene el Tiba Sepulveda y lo tumba y ya vamos en segunda y cinco. Basically saying second and five after that takedown. I was dying. Um, I don't know how he went head first for that, but yeah, that's los recursos, se sí. dicen, ¿no? Con lo que sea. Con lo que sea. But that was, yeah, that was funny. It was memes and it had to happen in a Mexico 3-3 game versus the 74th ranked team in FIFA. Oh, yeah, yeah. Moving on to a team that's not struggling. USA, they beat Uzbekistan 3-0. They, they look good in both games. Let's just wrap them up together. They beat Oman 4-0, and they made both of them look easy. Um, I do think Uzbekistan had a stronger lineup against Mexico. Uh, most of the players that scored uh, for Uzbekistan, I don't think they started against um, the U.S., but overall, the U.S. looked good. Uh, Pulisic scored a late penalty. Pepe scored uh, like five in the last five. Now and then, uh, Timothy Weah even got a goal against Uzbekistan. So they're looking, in my opinion, really strong. Yeah, the U.S. is very versatile, direct, fast, um, know what they want, know what they want to do. They just look dangerous. And... Yeah. I mean, compared to Mexico, I, th I feel like they're miles ahead. 
Yeah, like, I think the big thing for the U.S., I don't think the coach really matters. No. The squad is just so good. They're so sing. They're fast. Like, the t- front three, what do you, like, you could just put Pulisic, Balogun, and Wea out there, and they're going to be so fast, so dynamic. Partner them with a mid of McKinney, uh, Yunus Musa, and then in against Oman, they had Timothy Tillman in there. That's even more fast players, dynamic players in there. Right, the Mexico team. I it seems like they need to put the right piece and have more tactics to how Tupacá, Tupacá. You make sure you drop and you're always right here. Just this U.S. squad is like, dude, put them out there and just, let them run. Yeah, just let them do their thing, man. Yeah, crazy against Oman. Balogun scored again. Beppi scored again. Brendan Aronson scored kind of a whack uh, yeah. free kick. Um, and they got an own goal off of uh, Kevin Paredes cross in. But Pepe versus Balogun for that striker position is heating like, up. Like, what do you, What else do you want, man? Like, They got strikers galore. They got a super young team, too. Like, these guys are going to be fighting for that spot for years to come. At least the next couple World Cups, they're, they're going to be good. They, The big question is, will they be ready for this next one? Because I think by 20... Uh, 2030, I think they're going to be ballers, all of them. But the big question is, can they get superstar status by 2026? Will they all be primed and ready? No injuries, everything. Yes. And what the hell is Benjamin Kremaski doing there? Hey, the paseo, man. 18-year-old Argentino-Americano on Inter Miami. is a baller. Yeah, He's balling for out sure. for Inter right now. But I think this is the Messi effect a bit. Because he's skipping, he's skipping a bit of the process, man. I don't know if I'm sticking to the books, but why isn't my boy on the U19s? Why isn't he on the U23s? There are some ballers on the U19s, U23s that I think should have been there over him if they were bringing in an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, 20-year-old. Yeah, for sure the messy effect. But at the same time, like it doesn't hurt to bring someone that young in. Right. And he's a dual yeah. national. If he's a dual national. Gotta lock him down. Yeah, telling him, yo, like, stick with us, man. Look at the squad that we have. Look at all the Messi's about to retire, man. <laughs> Just come here. Argentina's not that good. Yeah. Don't, worry. Don't even worry about Argentina, man. We got you here. You got Orlando. I'll get you tickets to the Disney park. Like, man, just stick with us. Um, so like it's perfect to bring in young young players like that, dual nationals even more. Um, and it kind of like also tells the rest of the U18, U19 players like, yo, like just ball out and next up. yeah, you're here. The U S did get a good amount of feedback for not bringing in certain players to this, uh, to this squad and to the U23 world cup. Um, Jack McGlynn from Philadelphia, who's been balling out for Philadelphia, got left off and he came out on Twitter and was complaining a good amount because he's been getting offers from Ireland's the senior squad. Wow. He's half Irish. Wow. Uh, and there's a couple of other players that are in the same boat. The US has got plenty of dual nationals to throw around, right? Yeah, I mean. And if you trade if you do uh 23 and me enough, everyone's from somewhere. Yeah. So they're uh, Richardson, a baller that's been in the US youth ranks just uh got pulled up for a friendly uh with Morocco. Oh, for real, I saw that. And he is still eligible because I don't think Played or something, yeah. Or it was just a friendly. So three, right? Yeah. So he could still do a one-time switch and come over to the U.S. or something. The U.S. has got to be very careful this line that they walk. Yeah, 
And they got the Olympics coming up too next year, so they have to be able to stack up that U23 squad. Yeah, with good players, lock them down, and you know you're gonna have a line of players lining up to for yeah. that senior team. Spread out the love, bring in the dual nationals. The only American kids, they'll stay there. Yeah, for with sure. The dual nationals, you're gonna miss out on a baller. Yeah, I just want to really quickly bring up uh, the J- Japan game. So they played Germany in Germany. And Japan showed him out. I think it was 4-1. Junya Ito scored one from Reims. Ayase Ueda from Feyenoord. Takuma Asano from Bochum. And Ao Tanaka from Fortuna Dusseldorf. They got players everywhere. Jeez. It sounds like those the ones who scored three out of the four in Germany. Yeah. But the crazy thing is a bunch of these players aren't even on City, Barcelona, Real Madrid. But they're everywhere in Europe. Yeah, and but that that Japanese team, man, like they're so technical, so like, I don't want to say mechanical, but so disciplined that they don't have to be in Barcelona, Mm. Real Madrid, or anyone like Takefusa. Good boy, got two assists off the bench in 15 minutes. He came off the bench. Like, that's how deep that squad is. Like, they played Germany, and then they played... Played Turkey and they won two zero four to two. They won four to two. So they showing up these. That's also European a good squad, squad, Turkey to to beat like that. But if you look at their bench, dude, they're still stacked. They got Dyson Maeda from Celtic who played the ball dude that played over the in the World Cup that was balling out on the bench. He didn't even play against Germany. They got Mitoma. They got Mitoma. I mean that dude's untouchable. Don't even think about bringing that guy out, right? But like this is a great squad and they still got some time before the World Cup. Keep getting right. Operation World Cup winners that they got going on there. They they were really good last World Cup in 2022. So I I'm excited to see this squad again in 2026. They're only gonna get better. They're only gonna get for sure. They're like the Ecuador of Asia. They're balling out right now. That's true. Yeah, this is gonna be good. And Germany is not looking great. Uh, they did win their last friendly the against France. 2-1, which is pretty impressive, but it is a friendly. That smells like a worst-case scenario for Mexico, who plays them next in a friendly. <laughs> they were doing so bad. And what started it all was them losing to Mexico and uh, at the 2018 World Cup. But yeah, yeah the worst-case scenario was for them to beat France and start getting a bit of confidence back under a new coach. New coaches don't lose. Rudy Voiler. Yeah, because when they played Japan after that loss... Hansik Flick got yeah. Hansik Flick got fired. Got fired. Yeah. So now they got Rudy Voler as an interim. They're looking for a coach, and uh, that smells like bad news for Mexico. Yeah. So when I need someone else, keep that on and see. Remember that from 2018, that curse you guys put on us. All right, Cesar. Let's go over a bit of uh, the MLS. A couple games to call out. Our Inter Miami tracker, Primper Premier, but no Messi. They still won. Jeez. Without Messi, or without Kremeski too, which I don't think is that big of a deal, but unbeaten in 12 games, 12 games without a loss, eight wins in those 12 games for Inter Miami. They're still in 14th place, but they're climbing. Yeah, it's, they're they're chugging along. Yeah, don't they're not in dead last in the East anymore. They're in second to last. Um, and now they are six points out of the last playoff spot. Don't sleep on them. That's two games. Yeah. They're for sure getting into that playoff spot. Yeah, just let Messi come back. He was resting. 
for that Bolivia game. So he's chilling. And he just did some altitude training. Damn. It's going to help him out a lot in that below sea level in Miami or whatever he is. For real. LAFC got another L this past weekend. They lost 2-0 versus Portland. Three losses in a row. They also got cursed somehow, somewhere. Yeah. It's like they've been shitting the bed everywhere. They still have the same ballers in the lineup. The only person that missed on international duty was Dennis Buanga. Yeah, this LAFC squad's struggling, and they got El Trafico this weekend. For real. So they, uh, they got to turn it back on. On Monday, I, I got on Twitter, and I saw Hala LA Galaxy people say, Las Levas lose this weekend. I was like, shit, like... I didn't know it was uh, a Tráfico weekend, but now I do. All right, Cesar, give us something to watch this weekend. All right, so this weekend we got El Clásico Nacional. As you, those of you watching couldn't tell, I got my America shirt on. America plays Chivas. You know how the Discord is going to be. It's going to be lit. Yeah, y- join that Discord. Que gane la America. Are y'all recovered from the last Madrasa que les dimos? We just got a center back, bro, so we're chilling now. Who do you guys get? Lichnovsky. Oh, they did get Lichnowski? Yeah, um, three-month loan. Les van a faltar manos pa Agarrense, it's going to get good, man. Yeah, Chivas, I don't know. You know how it went last time. Hey, you know your boy Alexis doesn't come through, so. Yeah, it's going to get good. All right, outside of that, in Liga Mekis, we got Monterrey versus León. Always a good game. Uh, the big thing for this game is will we see Tecatito, who's coming back to Monterrey? And then I got Newcastle against Brentford. My Newcastle has to pick it up. They haven't won in the past two games. They got destroyed against Brighton, and then they also lost against Manchester City. So they need to pick it up against a really strong Brentford. We got Manchester United versus Brighton. Manchester United with all the team drama that they got going on. It's not going to get any easier versus Brighton, uh, who's overall super strong squad. Then I also got Bayern Munich against Bayern Leverkusen. So that's one and two in the Bundesliga. That's also going to be a really good game to keep an eye out on. In La Liga, we got Real Madrid versus Real Sociedad. That's going to be a good game. Can Jude Bellingham continue his tear on everything that is La Liga? In Italy, in El Calcio, we got the Milan Derby this weekend. That's going to get good. Uh, We'll see if Christian Pulisic can come through against a stronger squad in Italy. He's been balling. And then in the MLS... We got El Trafico, LAFC versus LA Galaxy. LAFC's coming off of three losses in a row. LA Galaxy's been picking it up lately. And you already know it's going to get down in LA. It's going to go down. Yeah. And we also got Champions League coming up. Cesar, give us a game to watch in Champions League. Milan against Newcastle. I think that's the group of death. Um, So it's going to be a really good first game to watch and see. Hopefully my Newcastle comes out strong i know they haven't been doing too well in the premier league but you know champions league it's a whole different tournament arsenal versus psv arsenal's return to champions league i think that's going to be huge i think they have a favorable group but i think everyone's eyes are probably going to be on bayern versus manchester united yeah that's a great game right there two powerhouse teams from two different leagues uh, Bayern is a regular in champions league manchester united making their way back they're gonna get i don't know a nice little welcome Welcome back. Yeah, and they're plagued by injuries, so I feel like Manchester United has to put up a couple prayers there. True. All right, Cesar, uh, that's all that I had. Um, I want to shout out 
a lot of the fans because we're about to hit over 4,000 total plays, total listens on Apple Podcasts after this one, I think, we'll hit it. Um, so if you guys haven't already, smash that subscribe button on any platform, even on YouTube if you guys are seeing this. Uh, we really appreciate it, and it's going to keep us rolling because we are moving. We're we're finally moving on TikTok again with yeah. followers. Thank you guys for the support. We also have are thinking of doing a – there's a tentative date for our last tailgate mm-hmm. if you're local to the Bay Area um, in late October. I think it's October 20th around that date. Um, so, yeah, join the Discord. Stay tuned to our, all of our social medias to keep an eye out for that. If you just want to interact with us, we're also active on there. And, yeah, I just want to be thankful to you guys. Thanks, folks. Peace.